Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 30, Light in Dark Days. As much as I can't wait to see the backside of this winter, I must admit to a small feeling of disappointment that February is already drawing to a close. I am thankful that the shortest month of the year falls in the depths of winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, which means that the end of this second month of 2014 brings us that much closer to the arrival of spring. The days are noticeably longer, and just this week I've started to hear the sparrows and chickadees who spend their mornings warming up in the juniper tree out front cheerfully chirping in a way that they didn't even a couple of weeks ago. There's a certain tenor to that chirping, not the harsh, we can get through it lads, of midwinter, but the hopeful, hello ladies, of approaching spring. And yet, though I want spring to arrive, I could use a little more time in February as well. I am a bit of a slave to daylight, with my energy levels falling in time with the sun setting and it's only now that I find myself with some leftover energy in the evenings to do things. There are still lots of empty checkboxes on the lists around the house, and lots of homework to do, and far, far too many projects to work on. But perhaps the biggest reason I want February to last a little longer has to do with the calendar in the kitchen. Last year, my parents took a trip to Scotland, and for Christmas, my mom made a calendar of some of the photographs they took along the way. February's picture is of two Scottish black-faced sheep grazing at the top of a hill. Every day when I come through the door, the first thing I see is those two sheep, and it's pretty well the last thing I see when I leave the house as well. And, fiber-obsessed person that I am, having them greet me and say goodbye has made this month of cold, snow, and slowly increasing daylight a little bit more bearable. But I have to say goodbye to them in just five days, and that makes me sad. Yes, I know, I could not turn the calendar page, but unfortunately it is a calendar we refer to often. And I'm just a little too OCD not to change the page, no matter how much I will miss my two ungulate friends. So come next Saturday, I will flip the page and bid them farewell. It's a little silly, I suppose, to want time to slow down just because you like the picture on the calendar. But we all find our own ways of finding light in the dark days, literally or metaphorically. I've had two sheep friends for a month, and day by day it's a little easier to see them without turning on a light when I come in the house. There's also my knitwear, which, considering the temperature fluctuations in my office at work, I'm very thankful for this month. A shawl around the shoulders can be just enough to get through the chilly morning, before the sun hits the windows and warms it up to nearly 30 degrees some days. Layering in my woolens has certainly saved me quite a bit this month. There are also anticipatory projects. In trying to find the second long cable for my interchangeables yesterday, I rediscovered the Noro tunic I was working on oh so many months ago. I realized how far I actually was on it, and how little it would take for me to have a nice layering top for spring, once some of the other projects are out of the way. I must admit as well that these have not been the brightest days for me metaphorically, In one more month, I will have reached the one-year anniversary of the start of my hip issues, and I would be lying if I said that didn't weigh on me quite a bit. 
On top of that, the food thing hasn't been going overly well this week. Overall, I'm a fairly positive person. But when each step and each meal is a reminder that there are still no answers and not much progress, it can be discouraging. Luckily, I still have fiber. I'm still making progress on my homework, and I can still knit and spin. I'm on course to have a beautiful, huge shawl in the middle of March to wrap around myself when I'm feeling down, as a reminder that I am capable of amazing things, and that perseverance and commitment can get a person through just about anything. And the Master Spinner homework? Well, the last couple of weeks have also served as a reminder that critical thinking, note-taking, and repetition can make the right things happen. These are lessons I need to take to heart when it comes to my health as well. Quick fixes don't generally fix anything, and you need time to get out of a problem that took time to get into. So, as the end of February rushes towards us, it brings with it change. Change of seasons, with its longer days and happy birds, even if the temperature doesn't quite reflect it yet. Change of light, bringing out different colors in the snow and in the sky. Change of pace, with the longer days meaning that life is not such a charge through the available daylight hours. And also, change of calendar page, even if we really don't want to quite yet. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. When I sat down last Monday to do some more of the cabled yarn, I was half convinced that the yarn balancing after washing was a fluke. And that whatever I did um, when I when I sat down to spin again, it wouldn't work. But I yet decided to trust the math and 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 also you know what I'd kind of figured out about my spinning and uh, and sat down and I spun uh, quite a bit more of the cabled yarn. Still in the yellow, it's a very happy color. And uh, and I was there. I was sat there for two and a half hours spinning. And came out with 17 yards of cabled yarn, which is not a lot for two and a half hours. I mean, it's enough for my 10 yards gain. And then also com- with combined with the eight yards that it's been before, it might be enough for a wrist distaff. I spun it very thin, though. So I'm... What I'm thinking for the wrist distaff is... Um, my my parents came last weekend to give us a hand around the house and to visit. And uh, my dad's latest project are uh, wooden bracelets. And uh, he brought some up to show me. And, and so I, uh, I ended up with four of them. Now, because I've spun this fairly thin, I think the cabled yarn itself is probably a heavy fingering weight. It's pretty thin. Um, I don't think I have enough really to make anything substantial that also goes around the wrist. But I think if I take one of these wooden bracelets and use my extra yarn, you know, braid it up or, or what have you, and uh, and make the distaff part that hangs from the bracelet, I think that will look actually very cool. Now, am I going to lose marks because it's not 100% made out of wool? I don't know. <laughs> but if it took me two and a half hours to spin 17 yards of cabled yarn, 
I really don't want to have to spin another 20 or 40 just to get something that will make something decent to go around the wrist. So you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it that way. And, uh, and we'll see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? I lose a few marks. At this point, I'll be happy to get it done. So the cable yarn is very interesting. This is a Corydale. And uh, one of the things in, um, in Anderson's book of uh, Spinner's book of yarn designs, it said that a cable yarn will harden the hand. Boy, does it ever. It's, uh, it's definitely harsher than I would expect the Corydale to be. So I'm glad I chose Corydale for it. But, uh, but it works, you know, mathematically it works. And, and when I look at it here, it works and it's balanced. Thank you. (laughs) So I think where my problem was, that was definitely in the spin. I've come up with a way. It's a little awkward on my hands, um, because I have my front hand with my pinky that, that it, it's my pinky's right above my index finger and my pinky is touching my lap cloth. So it, I, when I pull back, I know when I reach eight inches, I think all my problems have been in the spin. So we'll see. We'll see if going forward that I can make things work sooner and, uh, and yeah, go from there. So that was last weekend. I finished off the cabled yarn and then the, today I sat down and instead of going straight into, you know, trying to spin enough for, for any of the, of the samples that I need to do, I sampled, I need to spin silk for weft and I wanted to spin it out of noil. So I, I took the morning and I sampled, I made up eight punies of Bombix silk noil and spun that woolen, obviously applied it back on itself. And then I also took just a handful of, of the Bombix noil and I spun it worsted, just pulling it, pulling it out, letting the twist come in. And, uh, just to see, you know, first of all, which was, which I liked better for yarn and, uh, and which was actually easier for me to spin. And you know what? It's a tough call. Uh, the spinning it, uh, worsted or semi-worsted, I found easier to do, but I think I like the yarn from the punies better. It's, it's, well, it's woolen. So it's got a bit more loft. I've washed them. They're drying downstairs right now and I'll have to see. I did note when I was looking at them that the worsted yarn was thinner, quite a bit thinner. And I may for, for the actual yarn to do the weft, do it uh, a three ply instead of a two ply. So we'll have to see, but, uh, noil is fun. You know, I, I never thought noil would be fun, but spinning, spinning straight noil is quite a bit of fun. And then I had a couple of minutes and I sat down with some Bombix silk top and the first little bit didn't go so well. And then I just stopped and said, this is not wool. I know this shouldn't be rocket science. Silk is not wool. But to me it was, I needed to take that step back and say, silk is not wool. You cannot spin it like wool. You have to, you spin it differently and react to the fiber the way it's, the way it's going to take the twist. So I did. And I spun, I only had about two minutes before the the buzzer on the dryer went, but it went well, it went better. So, so I think tomorrow I'll sit down and, and do a little bit more spinning of the silk 
again sampling to see what I want to do for warp because the warp will be in in silk top. And who knows, like I've got a ton of silk, both noil and top. So we'll see how it goes. I have to also take a look at the other um, things that need need spinning for silk and see if I can maybe combine a couple of them, do a whole bunch of spinning, like a like a decent um, a decent bobbins worth and go from there. So overall, the last couple of weeks have been better for homework. Not too much in the way of progress, like skeins finished, but in terms of hopefully not wasting time by doing something that isn't going to work better. One of the things I am going to do the next couple of weeks is uh, the skeins I have finished, I'm going to I'm going to measure off the 10 yard skeins and then and then see what I've got left for the ones that need samples. I think so far it's only the cabled yarn that I've spun that needs a sample, but then at least I've got the skeins made up and I can label them and put them in my binder. So at least that's done. I can see where I'm at. So I'm going to do that in the next couple of weeks and yeah, go from there. I'm hoping to have some silk spun and, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm still waffling on how well that's going to go. Um, I'm still being really good to my hands. It's been very dry here. We've had barely any snow this month. So, and, and when I've been knitting a lot, I scrape up that one finger. So I've been really good to my hands. Lots of lotion. I've got a thing called Badger Balm. It's a mixture of olive oil and beeswax. I put that on my hands at night and put gloves on. So hopefully I'm still okay to spin silk. So that's where I'm at with level three. Slightly more positive. Slightly. So we'll go from there. Level two. I think this is the last spin for purpose exercise in level two. It was spin yarn for needlework. And for this one, you needed to spill a wool spill, spin a wool yarn um, that would be good for needlework. Now, needlework yarn needs to be fairly fairly strong because because of obviously it's going through the canvas quite a bit. But it also needs to be flexible because it's turning corners and going through the canvas. So for this one, I chose a Corydale medium fleece because that was the best of both worlds, a nice hand, but also the strength to, uh, to stand up to the wear. And in this one, I actually spun a three ply. This was the first three ply I'd spun in ages. And, uh, and it was, it was odd to me when I was plying it because, because it was so round, because it was a three ply, but I was really happy with it. I just chose a a needlework stitch from the Reader's Digest Complete Guide to Needlework. Do we all have this book? Anyway, I've got I've got it, and it it's quite good. I mean, it's old, it's older, but it's uh it's got a lot of interesting stuff in it. So, yeah, I chose a nice uh, nice little stitch called Byzantine Stitch from the Reader's Digest Guide, and I was really happy with my swatch. I really liked how it looked. So, things to remember about needlework. Um, yeah, it, it's really about your fiber choice. You want to make sure that it's a, you know, it's a probably a medium fleece because it has to stand up to a lot of wear and tear, and it also has to bend around the corners. So, and then in, in my case, I chose a three ply because I wanted better coverage. Just a nice plump yarn worked out really well for me. 
Comments on it were I had good reasons for the choice of fiber and three ply. Um, my yarn was nice and thick and flexible. My singles grist varied. So I lost a bit of mark there. Again, again, again with the spinning evenly. But, uh, but overall, this was really the one I was happiest with about spinning for purposes. So next time around is uh, we get into some of the the spindle stuff is uh, is the next exercise to talk about in level two. I am going to try and do some spinning of silk for level three, and I'm hoping that it's going to go well. Fiber notes. I feel like I've been doing a lot of knitting the last couple of weeks, but I've mostly been knitting on the pie shawl, so it doesn't amount to much in terms of progress. On the other hand, I did finish lace circle four and uh, and increased to 1,152 stitches and started lace circle five. Now, I did the increase yesterday, and I think I knit a little too much yesterday because I'm probably a day away from starting the border and I am adding some rows uh, to to this lace circle because I got plenty of yarn I just started the fourth skein of yarn um, just before I finished the fourth lace circle and and yeah I realized that every row is 100 1152 stitches but I still have plenty of yarn so I'm adding a couple of rows to the fifth lace circle and uh, and I'm also I've, I've altered the pattern a little bit um, it called for basically stacked yarn overs yarn overs on top of each other I'm offsetting them so that there are diagonal lines and then the row after the yarn over row is a purl row now I'm not as fast at purl as I am at knit but I still seem to be doing okay so I stayed up a little too late last night knitting but uh, like I said, I'm probably a day away from starting the border, which I'm pretty happy about. It is beautiful. I love it. I have no idea where I'm going to block it, and I'm probably going to need help. So I'll be putting a call out to the the Edmonton people saying, does anybody want to come and help me block a six-foot shawl? Maybe with the extra rows, it might be six and a half feet. Ugh. I'm going to have to like measure out places in my house that might actually work for blocking it. We'll have to see. But I love it. It's fantastic. And I know that means that I haven't worked on much else. The cardigan, I've gotten a few more rows in on the sleeves. I finished the reinforcing on one of the socks, and I started the second, but I haven't gotten much further on that. Haven't started the doll. I still have all my projects over there, like the tunic and and uh, the ethereal shawl, which I haven't worked on since you know, not this past January, but the one before. So this is why I don't want to, I'm going to try not to cast on any projects uh, until we move into the new house, or at least any major projects. Uh, well, I did cast on one thing this week, but there's a really good reason for it, and I'm going to explain it to you. Mike started his new job on Wednesday, and Wednesday afternoon, I got a text from him, and he said, I think I lost my hat. Now, this is the hat that I knit in 2009. I made 
how many did I make? I think seven. It ended up being hats out of this pattern back in 2009 for Christmas presents for the family. And I also knit one for Mike. He's been wearing it ever since. So he sends me this text. I think I lost my hat. And I said, honey, that's okay. I'll knit you another one. He said, but I love that hat. I really love that hat. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, when, when it's really appreciated like that, you know, you, you, it's, it's so easy to make things for people. Anyhow, I, I got all warm and fuzzy about that, even though he lost the hat. But half an hour later, he sends me a text and he says, can you stop on your way home from work and pick up yarn for a new hat? I'll even pay for it. <laughs> so, so I stopped on my way home from work and, and picked up yarn for a hat. It turned out that he actually found the hat. It was someone had thrown it in the garbage and it got stuff on it. Anyway, we washed it twice, rinsed it twice. So at least he has the hat until I'm done with the new one. But he's very much looking forward to having a new hat. So I cast that on. I'm about three inches into the rib. Um, It's just the, uh, uh, I think it's called Ribbed Watchman's Hat. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Free pattern, nice two by two rib for uh, quite a ways, nine and a half inches so that it can roll up around the ears and then just crown decreasing and it's done. I picked a Rowan super wash yarn, uh, just 100% wool and, uh, and it's black because Mike likes black and dark gray and they only had black, no dark gray. It's not color fast. So my hands get black when I work with it, which is okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. It'll wash, you know, I'll throw some vinegar in and we'll make it color fast. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I've got a day's worth of working on that. Um, when I'm, you know, I'll, I'll probably switch between that and the, and the shawl. If I just need easy knitting, it's easy to do the hat. So, so yes, my hand knits are appreciated by my significant other. Makes me happy. But yeah, it's been all shawl all the time and, and it's getting huge and I still love it. But that border, that border is going to be interesting. By next episode, I will have started it. So I'll give you an update on that. By the wayside. So I'm where I wanted to be on the tapestry this week, but not much further. And there's a reason for that. I only did manage to get one Saturday night in, and that was yesterday. Um, Weekend... The weekend before was uh, a long weekend and my parents came up and helped us out around the house. And we did a lot of cleaning and, and a whole bunch of stuff. We figured out the fuse panel, which was also very interesting. And, uh, and word to the wise, if you've lived in a place for a while, uh, wash your kitchen walls and your bathroom walls. You'd be surprised at how new and different the rooms will look. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. But having them here meant we were visiting on Saturday night. And uh, and then Sunday they left. And uh, and Mike and I ran errands. And, and then Monday I worked on my homework. So it was really only yesterday that I worked on the tapestry. But I did get to where I wanted to be, which was having the horse 
the 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 all the whole of the horse all of the horses are now finished and that is where i wanted to be i did a little bit of extra outlining in the shields but not too much so yeah we're back to outlining again i am going to do the shields they're finicky so i may take a break and do some things in the borders as well as a break from all the twists and turns in the designs on the shields but but yeah it's coming along oh I wish I wish I knew how long it would take. I really do, but but I don't. The only thing I can do is keep working on it. So that's where I'm at with the tapestry, and we should be able to get two Saturday nights in before the next episode. Thank you for joining me for episode 30. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 31 on March 9th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is by the fiber side.